Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We are halfway through tonight's show, and there's a no-hitter to talk about at the World Series. We'll get back to that as we head through these final couple hours. But yes, the Houston Astros, a combined no-hitter between Christian Javier, the starter, and three relievers. I just think it was impressive that the Astros finally got to their their awesome bullpen because we'd seen too little of the bullpen in clutch situations. Certainly didn't see them in game number three. So they'd been sitting around Max and relaxing with a lot of days off since the last time they were called on. So that's a huge deal for the Astros. And I don't just mean the history. I mean the fact that they bounced back with such a loud statement. And for them to be able to get the five runs on the five hits in the fifth inning and never allow the Phillies to begin any type of rally, much less put several hits together, uh, is a big deal just to to boost their confidence and certainly to uh, remind themselves what they're all about. They'd had too few opportunities in game number three. That was really a lopsided affair, but now the Astros have had their own lopsided affair. And uh, even now, MLB Network is re-airing the game and we're into that point in the fifth inning where Aaron Nola is getting pulled and leaving the game with the bases loaded. What we do know about game five, it's up against Eagles and Texans in the NFL. So kicking off week nine, how is that possible? Jay is eating. What are you eating in there? Dinner. A sandwich. Dinner. Cheese sandwich. Dinner. Lunch, breakfast. At one o'clock in the morning Pacific time. At four o'clock in the morning Eastern time, you're eating some dinner. Snack. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. I do not get Jay's eating habits. Now, I know mine are fairly upside down, but there are times when Jay does not eat for 15 hours or something. Uh, That's a long time, but it has to, I don't know. Yeah, if I'm like, you know, depends what's going on. I usually don't eat at work. You did not eat on Wednesday evening. You don't eat at work. All I do is see you eat at work. Well, like snack. This time I'm actually (laughs) eating like a real, like something with substance. You got hungry, did you? Right, I got hungry. When you woke up from the time you got to work, did you eat anything? No. I don't know how you no. do that. I usually don't eat right when I wake up. That's always been that way. Well, right when you wake up. I mean, you like, don't like, wake up and come straight to work. No, no, I don't. But even like, I would, plan anyway. you know, I would, I would always wait like an hour or two before I any, ever had breakfast or anything like that, even through school days. Like, I don't know. I never wake up and feel the need. I wake up and have to walk the dog and yada, yada, yada. But I could never come to work without eating. My stomach growls probably three, four hours after I wake up. More often than not, I, I will. But, yeah, there are those times. Well, I woke up kind of late today, and then I was had like an hour to get ready. Food just wasn't in the equation until now. Well, you just go ahead and go back to your dinner, and I will continue the radio show. I could probably manage without you for <laughs> 15 here. minutes while you eat your dinner. <laughs> so... 
Back to the Astros. We now have two very lopsided affairs uh, on either side. And yes, the they're in the fifth inning where, so Christian Javier still on the mound uh, in the fifth inning in the re-air on MLB Network. And the Astros are just about to break this puppy open. But considering that in the opener of the Fall Classic, they also had a 5 nothing lead. <laughs> there, you know, there's certainly some confidence on the Philly side, too, that they might be able to mount a rally and mount a charge. Um, but it did not happen. And what we saw was history. You may not think it's the same kind of history as a no-hitter pitched by just one man. Going back to, say, Roy Halladay, that was the division series for the Phillies in 2010, or the only other no hitter in the World Series, Don Larson's perfect game in 1956. I actually have heard from some of you who tell me that you saw that game or you remember that game. This tweet comes from Lee, A Law Radio. Since I was born March 29th, 1956, how about that? I technically was around for Don Larson's perfect game against the Dodgers, but given my young age, I don't remember a whole lot about it, including sitting on my dad's lap during the Vin Scully Mel Allen broadcast. That's really neat. We have the final call. I dearly wish that Vin Scully was still around to be able to share his perspective and his memories of Don Larson and seeing not just one, but now a second no-hitter in the World Series. I miss Vin Scully and his musings and his Twitter account and his videos. I also saw another post on our Facebook page. Our Facebook page is so wonky, but I'm going to see if I can get to it. Uh, I'm glad you all love the picture of Penny rolling in the leaves. She is no help at all. When I do yard work, she sits outside and just looks at me. <laughs> she enjoys sitting outside, though. She That's her favorite thing, is to sit outside and watch the neighborhood go by. Let's see. Okay. I'm finding it. I'm finding it. I'm finding it. Here we go. I remember Larson's perfect game. This is David on our Facebook page. I was 11 years old. I specifically remember because my dad and uncles could not figure out how he did it after going 3-21 and 21 for our Orioles two years earlier. Could not figure out how he did it after going 3-21 for 21 for our Orioles. Oh, three, oh, the record three and 21. Oh, I get it. Meaning he was bad. Right, right, right. No okay. I, I was thinking that was like a batting average. And I'm like, what are we had the reincarnation of Babe Ruth? I understand now. So his record was three and 21 for the Orioles in 1954. Okay. David, thank you so much for sharing that memory with us. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. We're live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Do you need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. So find us on Twitter or Facebook. We're always glad to connect with you. And yes, week nine in the NFL kicks off later on Thursday, along with game five of the World Series. And I'll go and look at the statistics specific to baseball. But I do certainly know that in a game five, the winner, when it's a tie series, overwhelming majority of the time goes on to either advance out of the series or in this case, win the championship. In basketball, it's better than 80% of the time. Um, in hockey, the numbers are fairly similar. And then in baseball, I'll have to get the exact number, but I would suggest, or I would bet that it's probably about the same number, somewhere between 75 and 85% of the time, the winner of the all-important, crucial, critical, pivotal Game 5 in a tie series has a decided advantage, a distinct upper hand. So we'll get back to baseball 
But it, it was neat, even if it's not one man throwing a no-hitter. It was still neat to see something I didn't expect and to get uh, to be a witness to history. It's after hours on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, back to what's going on with Kyrie Irving and the Nets and this about face and him issuing an apology and an understanding statement in conjunction with the Nets and the Anti-Defamation League. Charles Barkley is among those former players and current members of the NBA fraternity who are calling for a stiff penalty, calling for the NBA to drop the hammer on Kyrie Irving. I think the NBA dropped the ball. In what way? Uh, I think he should have been suspended. Uh, I think Adam should have suspended him. First of all, Adam's Jewish. You can't take my $40 million and insult my religion. You're going to insult me. You have the right, but I have the right to say, no, you're not going to take my $40 million and insult my religion. We have suspended people and fined people who have made homophobic slurs. Yes. Uh, and that, that was the right thing to do. I think if you insult the, uh, the black community, you should be suspended or fined heavily, depending. I saw they did the same thing to the kid in Minnesota this year when he made the gay slur. I think you should get suspended or fined. When you're somebody as great as basketball like him, people gonna listen to you what you say. It's like, and then you and there's some fringe people out there. But like I say, I, I blame the NBA. He should have been suspended. That is Charles Barkley along with uh, Ernie on Inside the NBA on TNT. By the way, I misspoke earlier. I thought going back 10 years ago that Kobe Bryant had been suspended for being caught on camera using a homophobic slur during a Lakers game. As I went back to Google it, I realized he was not suspended. He was fined $100,000. So I apologize. I misspoke there. Um, but definitely the NBA has cracked down on any type of discrimination. They've cracked down on players and others who they believe have shown prejudice. And now, see, I don't agree with Charles Barkley on the point of Adam Silver taking this personally. And that's why Kyrie should be suspended. That's not right. And that's not Adam Silver. Now, I'm I, I can't speak for Adam. I would not be surprised if he was hurt by this or if he was upset by this because of his Jewish heritage. But that would not be objective of him uh, to suspend Kyrie simply because it affected him personally or it offended him personally. And like I said the other night, and I'll say it again just for people who didn't hear me, I am a little torn on this. I have done more research about this movie that Kyrie shared. It apparently comes from Amazon. He did, he did say that he watched the movie. So it's not just something he's sharing without knowing the content. I've done some research and there are ridiculous conspiracy theories and claims in this movie about the Holocaust and how it wasn't true and the goals of the Israelites, the Jewish people, the Hebrews... It was a, a giant hoax. I mean, that's dangerous. It's not just dangerous, but it's hurtful. I would say any type of a theory like that that tries to rewrite history or to lessen the impact of what was not just a tragedy, but a crime against humanity, against an entire people, a race that 
Adolf Hitler wanted to wipe off the face of the earth. I mean, this is, it's, it's a piece of world history that there is no lessening the impact. There's no changing it. Um, there, there's no way to negate it or to try to minimize how it affected our globe, uh, people in all countries and people even now who continue to live with that. I mean, it, it was, yeah, it was, it was horrific. And it was also, it, it wasn't just the idea and the philosophy behind hating the Jewish people and why they no longer deserve to, to be a race in Hitler's view, but it was also hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people who were wiped off the face of the earth, families who were, who were gone. And I'm not Jewish, but that's hurtful to even think about someone believing that that's not true. Um, and so I, I now having done some research and recognizing that that's part of this movie that Kyrie shared on his Twitter. I think he, even if he doesn't agree with this theory, even if he doesn't think that it's true, meaning he doesn't think that the hoax theory, the conspiracy theory in this movie is true, even if he does believe the Holocaust is real, to put that on your social with no explanation and just sharing it at all. I, again, I can understand why it's offensive to people and why people are not willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Trust me, when it comes to Kyrie Irving, I very rarely give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm doing this on purpose to try to, come, to, try to see it from a different perspective. But certainly, any type of prejudice or discrimination against religion hits home with me, but also against a race of people. It's not something we can control. We, we're not con- we don't control what family we're born into, what country we're born in. I mean, that type of discrimination for, for race or for color or for culture is ridiculous because it's not like we chose it. <laughs> so anyway, it's, it's, it does resonate with me. I've been trying to look at it from Kyrie's point of view and when he says he shares these things because he thinks people should be educated. I mean, even saying that, that you might be educated by this film. I do certainly understand and studying, uh, understand studying other points of view, right? So when I was in school, I took world religion classes, religions that I don't agree with, that I don't believe they're their tenets and and their basic principles, but I study them enough so that I understand them. So on that note, if that's what Kyrie was doing, that should have been made very clear in his Twitter. I still say you're walking a slippery slope with the platform that you have and the reach that you have. And I share this with, with young people and young broadcasters that I mentor and that I coach all the time. Number one, you're responsible for what you put out there and it never goes away. Number two, Even if you delete it, it never goes away. Do you think Kyrie deleting this tweet has any impact whatsoever? No, it does not. Number two, your platform and your reach as a public figure means the rules are different for you. Not only do you represent your family, as Kyrie mentioned, 
but you represent your team. You represent your teammates. You represent your organization. In this case, the NBA. You represent your employer and the sponsorships. His responsibility is not just to Kyrie Irving. It's not just to his community, as he puts it. Because he is an employee of the NBA and the Brooklyn Nets, everything that he does and says on his social is a reflection on that team and that organization. His responsibility can't just be Or his approach can't just be, hey, whatever I want to do. Whatever I want to put out there. Because he's not just one man operating in a vacuum. So it was irresponsible at best. It was discrimination and prejudice at worst. I mean, this is hard for me because I work in the media, right? So I do believe in freedom of speech. But what I don't believe is freedom of speech with no consequences, right? So we are guaranteed free speech as Americans, though that has to do with speaking out against the government. It's It was never intended to be, hey, you can say whatever the hell you want, regardless of who it impacts or who it offends. So, there, I mean, there's a gray area there anyway. But I do believe in people being able to share their views. I hate cancel culture. I hate the mob mentality. I hate people being attacked for something. The idea that, uh, I mean, going back, and and I'm not even going to go and look at who it was, but there was a broadcaster not that long ago who tweeted the N-word and swears that he meant to tweet nuggets. And don't ask me how it autocorrected. I have no idea. My only point is that sometimes people make mistakes And they're canceled instantly. I'm willing to give this man the benefit of the doubt that potentially it was a mistake. Obviously, he should be looking at his tweets and it's embarrassing, it's humiliating, whatever, whatever. There was a man in Sacramento, a broadcaster in Sacramento, who tweeted, all lives matter. And he got fired very quickly. Right? Because it offended people. Not all people, but some people. And so I don't agree that we should cancel and fire everyone who says anything that the entire world doesn't agree with, because that's not even possible. But I do think in this case, Kyrie Irving can't just act like his Twitter belongs to him only, and he doesn't represent a team and teammates and the NBA. And that responsibility is massive. It's hefty. To whom much is given, much is required. Kyrie Irving makes millions and millions and millions of dollars, but he does so because the NBA is lucrative, because the Nets are lucrative, and because the sponsorships are lucrative, which means he has a responsibility, a professional responsibility to all of those entities. And he failed miserably in that respect because by putting this out there on his Twitter, he drags all of these partners in with him. He drags all of these partners down with him It was a woeful misjudgment by Kyrie. Now, not one that we haven't seen before. And I do agree with Charles Barkley that the NBA has suspended for far less, that people have been fired for far less. So I'm a little bit confused as to why nobody was willing to step up and say anything 
that would be very specific, right? So we saw statements from the Nets and statements from this league and statement from blah, blah, blah. And hardly anybody has mentioned Kyrie by name, which is the weird part. So I don't know what happens now. I would, I dare say, though, that Kyrie only issued this statement because he was given some type of an ultimatum. I do not believe in any way, shape, or form that he's sorry. That's not Kyrie. So you can find me on Twitter, A Law Radio, if you want to weigh in. Unless there's something new, which I don't anticipate. Well, then this is probably where it dies because he's still playing. And no doubt that is exactly what the NBA is hoping for. <laughs> That's exactly what the Nets are hoping for. We'll see how quickly they trot Kyrie back out to a post-game press conference. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence coming up. We've got the first reaction from some of those NFL players who were traded at the deadline. Ah, It's Thursday morning. That means week nine right on the horizon. Wowzers. Week nine. Seriously, pinch yourself. Week nine. It's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio. You- this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Long count. Gets the snap. He's back. Fires for the end zone. Touchdown, Tate Claypool. Wow. Nicole sweep it left side. Jets with the nine Hines. He's in there. He walks his in from six yards away. Touchdown, nine Hines. And the Colts finally get their touchdown. It is 15-7. Off the field. On the money and after hours, it's time to talk football with Amy Lawrence. Hello. Hello. Uh, Yes, it's time to talk football with me. And I've been itching to do this. We've had some other heavier topics that we had to get to. Kyrie Irving, the statement that he issued. Uh, Of course, the Daniel Snyder news. First, the investigation. And then uh, this report that he and his family have chosen to Consult with a bank over potentially selling the team. So how quickly that could happen, I have no idea. Obviously, the cool piece of history that we saw in Philadelphia on Wednesday night 
as four pitchers for the Astros threw a no-hitter in the World Series. Only the second time we've ever seen that. And yes, a combined no-hitter is still a no-hitter. And now we get to do some football. Saved it. Special. Saved it. Uh, We'll get back to baseball at the top of the hour. But yes, a lot of big names. Pro bowlers, fantasy football impact players changing teams at the deadline. It was a relatively active deadline uh, in terms of the hype that always is associated with it. I'm telling you, Jay, this is the NFL doing it again. They can't stand all the attention that the NBA trade line deadline gets that the, did I say the tread line? The tread line. (laughs) The tread line. That the Major League Baseball trade deadline gets. Every now and then I skip syllables. Uh, In this case, the NFL has decided to turn it into an event. Now, that, of course, means that teams have to get involved, but get involved, they did. Bill Hillgrove with the call of a Chase Claypool touchdown and then Matt Taylor on Colts radio, a Naeem Hines touchdown, and both of those guys potentially could be suiting up with different teams come week number nine. So why, Coach Tomlin, did you trade away one of your more experienced receivers in Chase Claypool? With the Chase deal, um, it was about draft capital and value for us. Um, Chicago Bears second-round pick um, is a pick that we value and excited about what that brings us. But it's more than just being excited about capital. You know, you we got some games left to play, and, we feel really comfortable with the depth that we have at, at, at Chase's position, the wide receiver position. And more spe- specifically, we're really comfortable with our, our playmaking ability inside. And um, he's made the majority of his plays to this point in the season inside. And not only at the wideout position, but that's a space that we're really comfortable with, with Pat Fryermuth as well, being a significant component of, of our attack on the interior portions of the field. I'm a playmaker, and I'm, and I'm excited to make plays. I feel like... I didn't have, uh, you know, the full opportunity to show what I can do um, this year, but I think I've been able to show that in the past. And uh, I'm excited to be able to gain that trust with Justin, too, where he knows if he needs a play, he can come to me. Chase Claypool not exactly responding to what Mike Tomlin said, but his side of the story, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And he refers to Justin, Justin Fields, the Bears' starting quarterback, who definitely needs more quality receivers around him. And we talked about this on our last show, and I was kind of blown away just looking at the numbers. Now, you could have asked me, with the departure of Allen Robinson, who is the Bears' number one wide receiver, and I would have had a hard time coming up with an actual wide receiver one Darnell Mooney leads the team in receptions and yards, but has zero touchdowns. There isn't a top wide receiver on the Bears roster until now. Does it mean they don't have weapons? No, it just means they need a receiver who brings some experience. And Chase spent two plus years in Pittsburgh. He had 12, no, three, three years, two plus years. Sometimes when I go off the cuff, Yes, two-plus years. Two-plus. Yes. Right, so this is into his third year. So two-plus years in Pittsburgh, but 10 of his 12 touchdowns came his rookie season. Now, it stands to reason uh, we saw what happened with Ben Roethlisberger in his final year, and and that offense 
it was a mess. He was not the same. But certainly moving forward into this year, how badly it was with Mitch Trubisky, how badly the uh, passing attack suffered with Mitch. And it's not gotten a whole lot better with Kenny Pickett as he tries to get acclimated to life as a starting quarterback. So when Chase says, I haven't had a whole lot of chance this year to show what I can do, well, that's accurate. But what did George Pickens say earlier in the year? Remember the rookie George Pickens was talking about the one game where he said he was open 95% of the time? And then he amended that to say, I pretty much we were all open 95% Everyone of the was time. Open. Yeah. <laughs> so rookie quarterbacks give it and they take it away. And Kenny Pickett's learning. And before that, it was a mess with Mitch Trubisky. We all know that. I don't think that's the best of Mitch. He probably would tell you the same thing. This is a big deal for the Chicago Bears, which is why Ryan Poles was willing to give up draft capital uh, that Mike Tomlin so desperately wanted and Chase is excited to play with an athlete like Justin. We're part of the same agency so we have some common ground there um, and I've, uh, I've been watching them as of late in terms of uh, their most recent primetime game and uh, you know I know a lot of people are excited about uh, how he's been playing and, and obviously I'm one of those people so I'm excited to work with him. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. We also had other receivers change teams like Calvin Ridley, who's suspended all season, but when he wakes up from his long slumber, he will be a Jacksonville Jaguar. He's in the AFC South, no longer in the NFC South. So it'll take a while before we see how that pans out. Uh, But that was another one. And then you think about what the Miami Dolphins did in bringing in not just a running back that is familiar with their head coach and, of course, uh, with Raheem Mostert going back to their Niners days, but also Bradley Chubb. And then you saw other moves, too that could end up impacting teams moving forward. Even a team like the Buffalo Bills that already has a ton of receivers and and seemingly already has plenty of guys that need to split the ball. And I would say same thing with the Chiefs and bringing in Kadarius Toney, right? So, and we'll hear from Kadarius and and Pat Mahomes as we get set. Uh, We'll start to preview week number nine. The Chiefs don't play until Sunday night football. <laughs> that would be opposite game seven of the World Series. Oh dear. Rob Manfred is probably wishing, wishing for a game six end of the World Series, even though he makes more money with the game seven. Anyway. So we'll we'll get the Kadarius Tony element. But the idea though, when you have a team like the Bills that has so many options and so many receivers and a quarterback like Josh Allen and an offense that is designed to spread the ball around, well, It's that age-old debate or that age-old conundrum with athletes. Would you rather be the number one guy, the best guy, the only, and when I say guy, I mean guy or girl, the best option, the, the big fish in a small pond, so to speak, but never win? Or would you rather be on a team that wins, even if it means you don't get the ball the same? I mean, this is a, a debate that people have in sports all the time. Well, Naeem Hines is now a member of the Buffalo Bills. He's not the feature back, although they were looking for a pass catching back, and they certainly want to come um, come to you know this kind of a well a, a compromise about how they can get everybody the ball. Compromise is the wrong word, but they want to come up with schemes where they can get everybody the ball as much as possible. And it certainly takes some finagling and it takes some familiarity. But he's now on a team that very much has Super Bowl aspirations. I believe it's a perfect fit. Uh... I think, you know, the offense is looking at it over the years. Uh, when my agent kind of told me I watched some over film, I was like, I can see it. 
uh, you know, quarterback who can run and gun. He makes plays when plays break down. Uh, I even like the run scheme. So uh, they run their running backs inside, outside. So uh, I thought it was a perfect fit. So I, I got to make it fit now. He's out there. He, he got one play, mean stuff, looked at each other. I was like, holy crap, this guy's fast. You know, so I know he's been playing the league for, we came in the same year together. Um, we actually had the rookie premiere together. So I got to spend some time with him there. I know him a little bit. Uh, he's a seems like a great dude. Uh, everything I've heard about him, he's awesome. He's smart. He's already learning some of the plays. Um, and our, our system's not not easy to learn. Um, so he's there's still a lot of work to be had there. Um, but in terms of what he can give this offense, it's 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 fun to fun to have a piece like that. I can go from hating him to loving him. Cuz you know there's been times where you know we're up we were up, you know, a couple times in the playoffs and he makes a play, and you're like, God, I hate that guy, but he's so good. Sanaki said, God, I love that guy, and he's so good. <laughs> I love that Hines is willing to admit that. Yes, it's one of those situations where you absolutely hate a guy God, who's constantly guy, he's so good. Cr- constantly crushing your team, right? But now that you're on the same roster, you're like, yes. <laughs> This is cool. I love that from from Naeem Hines and certainly from Josh Allen, the fact that they get to add him. And Brandon Bean knew exactly what they were looking for when they went out to acquire Hines. Explosive, um, kind of change of pace, kind of do it all back, uh, plus a punt returner. Um, just, you know, excited to get him in the mix, start learning our offense. And, you know, hopefully Ken Dorsey can, can find some packages to mix it up, you know, where we, we can play multiple backs in the game and, you know, either, either hand it to him, split him out. That's Brandon Bean on Sirius XM NFL Radio. So there are others. We'll definitely hear from Roquan Smith as well as TJ Hawkinson. Man, I kind of wish my team had acquired TJ Hawkinson. I'm a big fan, but he ends up now being in a division rival. So he's going to see his Lions again. Uh, This Minnesota team is quietly assembling its own weapons. And they're not as flashy because they don't have Josh Allen as their quarterback. Kirk Cousins is – he's – not as high reward, uh, though he's steady. And and not everybody loves steady Eddie, right? <laughs> steady Eddies tend to get overlooked. Um, but six and one is six and one, baby. And that's ultimately the name of the game. So this is going to be fun to see uh, how this might change the balance of power. And again, very active NFL trade deadline, whereas we don't always see this in October. Well, I guess it was first of November in the fall in the NFL because sometimes we're caught up in the games themselves and we will be that, that place. And we'll be in that place in a couple of days, week nine, November. I'm not sure what is harder to process. All right. On that note, I got a CBS sports minute to record and nothing else worthy to add to the conversation. <laughs> and Jay's distracting me by eating his dinner. It's after hours on CBS sports. Radio. Hungry. <laughs> Well, can you hide behind the computer screen, please? I'm, I'm almost done. Oh, oh, okay then. You are listening to the After Hours. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Podcast. Hurry back to throw. And it is. Is it tossed? Oh my goodness, it's tossed. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. Back from under center. Steps back. Throws the fade. Cooper Cup's got it. Touchdown, LA. Burrow back to throw. Looking. Firing deep got for him. Chase in the end zone. Oh, He's yeah. got it. Yes. Touchdown. Hey. Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Mahomes fires for the end zone. Caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. And off to Eckler again. No, Herbert keeps it. End zone. Herbert with his second of the day. Here's the snap. Josh going to keep it himself and run it again inside the five into the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo. Josh Allen, nine-yard touchdown run. The Bills respond and then some. It's time for QB News on After Hours. When it comes to QB news, we have more, uh, more, far more for the AFC that we'll get to next hour as we do our initial preview of week nine in the NFL. But certainly a few quarterbacks and some QB news from the NFC too. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We did do a bit of a biology project, a dissection, if you will, uh, from high school biology class of the Green Bay Packers and their innards. And let me just say it's gory. They did not make any deadline deals. What does Aaron Rodgers think about the fact that they brought in no new reinforcements? My hopes are always up in life. You know, I'm an optimistic person. And obviously the compensation or whatever players that we were going after, it just didn't make sense. So I trust Brian and uh, we had some good conversations. I uh, know that we were, you know, in on some things and it obviously just didn't, uh, didn't pan out. Wait until you hear Bill Belichick attempt to understand what it means to be close on a trade deadline deal. That uh, is, well, it's classic. Aaron Rodgers says we were in on a few things. It just didn't pan out. We, he said. Now, he could be referring to the team, or he could be referring to the fact that now the general manager, Brian Guttenkunst, actually does toss some ideas out there. People are coming here to play with me. In their conversations. Remember, that was one of the things that Aaron Rodgers beefed about, is that he felt like he was not considered or consulted, or his opinions and his experience and his wisdom were not valued. So I wonder if we is actually translated as a literal we but no the Packers did not make any trade deadline deals they've got Detroit on the road in the NFC North this week but the Packers D will not have to contend with TJ Hawkinson instead he is now with the Minnesota Vikings gets traded inside the division to a rival I kind of knew I had a little idea so I mean I didn't expect here but um, obviously uh, super super excited to be here honestly so um, right when I I got here last night it was like this is this is pretty sweet so um, like I said just just excited to be here for real 
So it's Detroit hosting Green Bay, minus TJ Hawkinson, who is now with the Vikings. He said he just kind of knew something was going to happen. The Vikings are on the road at Washington. The Commanders have won three in a row, so not as long a win streak as the Vikings. But this is a battle of two teams that are playing some really good football right now. And Taylor Heineke, a big piece of that. He was asked on Wednesday whether this recent success of his and the success of the team has changed his outlook or his opinion on what his future might be in the NFL. No, I don't try and think like that. Um, I I think I play my best when I do play it like it's my last playing game. Um, And that's what kind of got me to this point. So, you know, why change that now? Um, You know, yeah, I think that's, you know, when I play my best and that's kind of who I am. So I'm going to keep doing that. Just a rhetorical question here. What type of question or answer did the reporter expect to have when he or she tossed out a question about Taylor Heineke's future in the middle of the 2022 season? I thought he might have said, like, um, yeah, I'm headed to the Hall of Fame, something like that. But, yeah, I guess not. He's a little more humble. Oy, sometimes I wish there would be a little more self-awareness or at least understanding of athletes when questions are thrown out there. Yeah, I, I mean, what else did you expect Taylor to say? Of course he's not thinking about that right now. Could you imagine if Ron Rivera heard him say, yeah, I'm actually thinking about the contract that I've, I've uh, going to earn at the end of this season, that I feel like I should be paid such and such amount of money to be a starter in the NFL, and if it's not here, well, then somebody else is going to pay me. I mean, could you imagine? If yeah, that... I should know better. Thank you. So anyway, it's the Vikings and the Vikings defense that Taylor Heineke is focused on. And yeah, I would suspect that he really does have that that viewpoint, that emotion that every single game he goes into could be his last. I remember when I was working as a freelancer, as a freelance broadcaster, unless I worked, I didn't get paid. And I remember thinking, if I screw up on this show, it could be my last one. They could never invite me back. So I understand feeling like you are singing for your supper in a manner of speaking. The Carolina Panthers, they're on the road at the Cincinnati Bengals, who will be desperate for a win coming off that dud on Monday Night Football in Cleveland. P.J. Walker has got the vote of confidence from Steve Wilkes as the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. As we go forward, you know, just just gaining the, just gaining the confidence of the guys and um, just taking it one, one day at a time, you know, it's been a it's been an up and down couple weeks, you know, especially after the roller coaster last week. Um, you know, just keep gaining confidence in the guys around me. I know the, I know it's gonna keep growing, and uh, as a player, you know, you saw you really ask for is the other guys to to really buy into you. Yeah, Taylor Heineke and PJ Walker in very similar situations. Uh, one division is stacked, the other one not so much. But he mentions the overtime game, PJ to DJ. Uh, that was a phenomenal moment in week eight, the Hail Mary that went 70 yards in the air, though the Panthers ultimately lose in the overtime. But right there, they were competing for first place in the NFC South. Finally, the Giants are one of the six teams on by this week, week nine, but that doesn't stop. Reporters asking general manager Joe Shane about the future of Daniel Jones, his quarterback with the Giants. We're going to let it play out and, you know, see how uh, the next nine games go. But I'm happy where Daniel is right now. He's doing everything we're asking him to do. He's taking care of the football and then got to have it moments. He's made plays for us. Am I the only one that thinks this is similar to asking Aaron Judge what his future is when he's halfway through a season with the New York Yankees? I was a beat reporter for a time. I did go to press conferences for many years. I just, these kinds of questions. 
maybe when I was younger, I thought I might get some type of gold, radio gold answer. Uh, I might get some gem, some diamond in the rough. A coach or an athlete might give me something that he'd never given anyone else before, that he'd never, he didn't even intend to say it. It just came out. It tripped him up. No. I mean, rarely, especially in these types of settings, do you ever get a coach or a player off guard. But even so, you ask them about the future in the middle of a season, they all know. Even if they have thought about it, they all know that you do not speak about that when it's week number nine. But nice try, though. Good try. Good effort. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.